Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and more. It's getting close to the month of Elul. So you might say, what do you mean? It's still only the 22nd day of the month of Menachem Av. Yeah, it's true. But it's Wednesday, which means that we are most of the way through this week of Parshas Re'eh. And Parshas Re'eh this year is... Shabbos Mavarchim Chodesh Elul. It's the last Shabbos in the month of Menachem Av, and it is the Shabbos in which we bless the new month of Elul. So, since we are almost to the Shabbos in which we bless the month of Elul, it's high time to get ready for the month of Elul which is the month of preparation for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Now, as a matter of fact, the month of Av is also a preparation for the month of El, as we see that the month of Av, although it's often called Menachem Av, but the name Av is used more often. And Av stands for Elul Ba, that the month of Elul is coming. And not only that, but the 15th of the month of of, of is a day to get to already begin wishing one another How do we know that? There are two hints for this custom. One of the hints is that the words Hamisha Asr and the words that is the, the words which mean the 15th of Av and the words which mean a good and sweet uh, a good writing and sealing meaning that we should be written and sealed in Hashem's book of judgment for a good year these two phrases have the same gematria the same numerical number uh, value, the same numerical value. And not only that, but the mazel, the uh, symbol of the month of Av, is an aryeh, a lion. Actually, as the expression is, that the lion, which was Nebuchadnezzar, his name be erased, came and destroyed the Ariel, which also means a lion, which is a nickname for the base of Mikdash. So that the lion, meaning Lahabdil Hashem, would come and rebuild the final Ariel, the final Besamikdash. But in any case, Aryeh, Aleph Reish Yud Hey, which is lion, also stands for, as it says in Sfarim, as it says in certain books, it stands for Aleph is of, the month of Av. Reish is Rosh Hashanah, Yud is Yom Kippur, and Hey is Hashanah Rabbah. So we see that already in the month of Anachem Av, it's time to get ready for Elul. And now certainly as we're close to Shabbos Mavarchem, the Shabbat to which we bless the month of Elul, it's definitely time to get ready for Elul. Definitely time to start preparing for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So therefore, I'd like to share with you a beautiful metaphor you see, the month of 
of, I'm sorry, the month of Elul, our Chacham tell us, the Chacham HaKabbalah tell us that the Yud Gimomides Arachamim, the 13 aspects of mercy of Hashem, are shining. That is, there's a spiritual um, revelation, a presence, a strong presence of Hashem's mercy, just like it is on a Yom Tov. As we say, we listen, we we uh, recite the thirteen midas arachamim, the thirteen aspects of mercy, when the Aaron Hakodesh is opened on Yom Tov, when the Holy Ark is opened on Yom Tov, we recite these thirteen aspects of Hashem's mercy because it's a time of great mercy from Hashem, and our sages of the Kabbalah tell us that those 13 aspects of mercy are also shining the whole month of El. And yet, it's certainly not a Yom Tov. These are regular days in the month of El. Regular days. In fact, we even say Tachanan. We even say the sad prayers mourning the base of Mikdash. So which is it? Are they days of Hashem's mercy or are they regular days? Are they Yom Tov days or regular days? Now, Tareb explains the following metaphor, which is a little bit of a story. It's really a metaphor, but it also sounds a bit like a story. Once upon a time, there was a king, a melech, and he was a wonderful king, a very kind, very wise king. He loved all the people in his kingdom, and all the people in his kingdom loved him. He lived in a big and beautiful palace. But... Not everybody could get in to see the king whenever they wanted. As a matter of fact, very few people could get in to see the king, as most kings have it, that they're not just available anytime for any person. Very important people, if they make appointment way ahead of time, they could go into the palace and see the king for a short time, maybe. But the average person, the King's palace is not open to the average person. However, one time it happened that the king had gone on a trip and he was returning. He didn't have all of his guards with him. He didn't have all of his officers with him. He'd gone on a trip. He had only a very few number of people and he wasn't actually exactly dressed perfectly like a king because he was traveling, and he was returning to his palace. Now, as he was returning to the palace, he went through the fields and regular places, and the people who were there in the fields looked up, and they saw, it's the king. And everybody went over to greet the king. Now, usually these ordinary people, farmers and peddlers and tradesmen, whatever they were, were not usually the kind of people that could get in to see the king. But now the king was out in the field and the the regular people were there. And the king didn't have a lot of his servants and soldiers all around him. And so he was very happy to greet all of the people, any of the people that would come up to him. And ordinary people would. They would come over. They would greet the king. And the king would smile at each one of them. And it was a very special time that anybody who would ask a request from the king, 
because it was informal, there were not a lot of people around and rules and all these things, the king would grant their request. And not only that, but when the king continued on his journey and entered the, the palace, the ordinary people were able to go in with him. Since they had already made the connection with the king, and the king had smiled at them and agreed to their requests and so forth, so now they can go into the palace with the king. And this is similar, this is an accurate metaphor from the Alta Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, to describe the month of Elul. It's not Yom Tov, and that's why the scene is set out in the field, people in their ordinary farmer's clothes and doing the ordinary work. And yet, it's also a special time for the 13 Midas HaRachamim, where Hashem is especially merciful. And that is what it has in the metaphor that the king is out in the field. He's out there with them. And anybody who wants to can approach the king. Just like Elul, this is a special time that Hashem is very close to us. And anybody who wants to can approach Hashem and make his requests, make her requests. And Hashem will, a seed will agree to those requests. And not only that, but during Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, when Hashem is like a king in the palace, and it's uh, more strict, and judgment, and all of these other things, then it's usually not so easy to get in to see the king, so to speak. But if we already make the connection with Hashem in the month of Elo, then we are like insiders. And how do we make this connection? So there are actually five Rosh Tevis, five abbreviations that come from the word Elo. Aleph Lamed, Vav Lamed. One of them is, of course, the famous, Ani Ladaini Vidaini Ali. I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me. Which this stands for tefillah. A little bit less famous is the abbreviation, which describes a city of refuge because Taita is like a refuge. It's like a safe place to take safety from the Yetzirah, from the evil inclination. And therefore, El also stands for the idea of Taita. And so too, other abbreviations. There's an abbreviation about Tzedakah. There's an abbreviation about Teshuva. And finally, there's another abbreviation which is not so well known. It's not so famous, but it is mentioned by the Arizal and other of our sages. And it's actually about Geula. However, it's a little bit hidden. And the way you can find this abbreviation is by opening your Siddur to Pesukah de Zimra, to the verses between Baruch Sha'amar and Yishtabach. And there, if you look in the Oz Yashir, the song, which the Yidden sang after the sea was split, you will find the abbreviation for the month of Elul. But you have to look carefully because it's the first letter of four words. And these words are in backwards order. As it says there, Az Yosha Moshev Ne'eswal Tashir 
And then, Lashem, that's a Lamed, Vayyemru, that's a Vav, Lamor, that's a Lamed, Ashira, that's a Aleph, that's Lamed Vav, Lamed Aleph, which backwards is Aleph, Lamed Vav, Lamed Elo. And this is a song about Geula, about the redemption of the Jewish people from the Egyptians at the, at the Yamsuf, at the splitting of the sea. And so we see that one of the main ideas of Elul is in addition to Taira and Tefillah and Staka and Teshuva is also Geula. Taira, Tefillah, and Tzedakah are the three pillars on which the world stands. But Teshuva, as we know, that the place where Baal Tshuva stands even a complete tzaddik is not able to stand there because teshuva brings us to a much higher level than the ordinary Torah, Tzvil, and Tzedakah. And then beyond even teshuva is where even a tzaddik can do teshuva, meaning a closeness to Hashem that even a tzaddik doesn't have until the Geula. And therefore, Elo also brings us in touch with this concept of Geula. And this way, by adding in Torah during the month of Elul, and even before, adding in Tefillah, adding in Tzedakah, adding in Teshuvah, and adding in everything we can do to bring the Geula, including studying about it, this will prepare us properly for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Hosteidah, and even more important, this will quicken and hasten the coming of the Geula. And now let us learn a little bit more from the Rambam about Mashiach. So we learned yesterday, in the last couple of days, about how to know when a person is not Mashiach, that this will be a person that, for example, wants to say that part of tight is not true, or it's not relevant anymore, or there's an extra mitzvah that he's supposedly adding. We know that person is false and evil, and certainly not Mashiach. And in the Halacha Dawid of chapter 11, in Hilchus, Malachim, Melchamais, Melch Mashiach, the last two chapters of the Rambam's great work of Mishnah Taita, Rambam begins as follows. Halacha Dawid. And if there will get stand up, there will rise up a melech, a king, from the house of David. That means to say someone who's descended from David and Melech. And this person is hoigabataita, that means that they toil in Taita, they're very, very successful in Taita, that they learn Taita way beyond even the average Tamar Chacham. But the entire Taita is like it's at their fingertips, so to speak. They know the whole Taita, and they're constantly deepening and deepening in Taita. Could and they're occupied in mitzvahs could David Aviv, like his father, like his ancestor, David and Melech, involved in Taita mitzvahs. Very, very involved in Taita mitzvahs. According to the Tadeshab Beksav and the Tadeshab Alpeh, 
all of the Psukim and all of the Mishnayos and the Gemaras and the Midrashim and Halachas. And what does this person do? He forces all of the Jewish people to go in the way of Taita and he strengthens the Jewish community, the Jewish people. Now, what does it mean he forces? Obviously, Mashiach doesn't whip people, or hit people. It means by his words, he gets people to come close to Taita. He convinces them. He presents Taita and Mitzvahs in such a way that it's a deal we can't refuse, so to speak. It's something that, of course, we would want to keep Taita and Mitzvahs when this person explains about Taita and Mitzvahs. And he will fight the wars of Hashem. So he's a person that will bring everyone close to Taita and Mitzvahs. He'll repair the Jewish nation. That is that will help to repair and to fix all the things that are lacking in the Jewish nation. And he will fight the wars of Hashem, meaning that when issues come up that threaten the Jewish people, whether it's an issue like Mihu Yehudi, what's a real definition of a Jew, or assimilation, Jewish people melting away, so to speak, among the non-Jewish population, intermarriage, all these issues, lack of education, people that are not aware of Torah and mitzvahs. He will fight. That means he will struggle and do everything he can to fix all of these situations. So such a person, the Ram says such a person, we can assume that it's Mashiach. If you have such a person, that qualifies in these ways, we can assume that he's Mashiach. Im If he will be successful, and he'll have victory over all the nations around us, and he'll succeed at everything he was trying to accomplish to bring the Jewish people closer to the Mitzvahs and to repair the Jewish nation and strengthen the Jewish nation, and he builds the Beis HaMikdash in its place, and he gathers together all of those Jewish people that are pushed out, that are lost, that are separated, that are scattered. Then he is certainly Mashiach. To be continued tomorrow, we're going to more of this halacha dalit, but with this, we are now really learning from the Rambam himself exactly the laws about Mashiach. And the more we are familiar with these, and the more that we are involved with Mashiach and Geula, the quicker Mashiach will come. Of course, that doesn't mean not to learn all the other parts of Taita. As a matter of fact, we should be learning even more of the regular parts of Taita than in the past. Because the more we learn Taita, the more we do mitzvahs, the more quickly Mashiach will come. So thank you very much for your Taita mitzvahs and for your adding in Taita mitzvahs and being excited about Mashiach coming, looking forward to Mashiach coming. And all of this helps to make Mashiach come quicker. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. <laughs>